Hello and welcome to The Budget Mouse, a podcast that will help you have an incredible Walt Disney World vacation, even if you're on a shoestring budget. I'm Leah, the blogger behind The Budget Mouse, and I visit Disney World several times each year, but I'm not rich. I just have tons of tricks for doing Disney on the cheap. I want you to have the incredible vacation you deserve, so I'm sharing all of my tricks with you on my site and here in the podcast. This week's episode is about my tips, hacks, and favorites from the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. So let's dive in. Welcome again, everyone, to episode 22. And this week's episode is about my favorite event at Walt Disney World, and that is the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. So I got to attend this year a few weeks ago, and I want to share a bunch with you today about the event. So while it's my favorite event of the year, it is not a very budget-friendly event, okay? This is a pretty pricey endeavor to go to Food and Wine Festival, but I'm gonna share my tips for saving money at the festival with my recommended items that are budget friendly and my tips for enjoying yourself at the festival and just getting the most out of the experience no matter what you spend. The first thing I need to say about the festival, it's not just for foodies. So if you've never been and you're not particularly drawn to the festival, I would say give it a try. You will probably have so much fun. And what I like about it is this, you can try an item that you might not be willing to order in a restaurant that you know an entree that costs thirty dollars you can try for four or five dollars and make up your mind if it's something you like or not so it's really great even if you're not a foodie to sample and try a bunch of different food to learn what your tastes are better and what you might like to order in a restaurant so i want this episode to be helpful if you're visiting this year or just to inspire you to visit in years to come Here are some festival basics. First of all, there's no additional cost to go to the Food and Wine Festival. It's included with your Epcot Park admission. So if you're already planning a visit in the fall, you're going to find a lot going on at Epcot this time of year. The festival's held every year from about the 1st of September through Veterans Day weekend, which I believe is November 12th. The festival goes through November 12th this year. I think when we started going to the festival, it didn't start until the end of September. So it does seem to be increasing in length as the years go by, but I can't see it really starting much earlier than September 1st, but you never know. So the festival consists of many things, but I'm going to tell you the main parts of it. Around Epcot, there are marketplace booths set up at which you can buy sample size portions of food and drink. The samples of food are generally between three and $8 and the drinks will be a little bit more than that. That is the main feature of the festival and that's what most people experience when they go to the festival. Now, like everything at Disney, there's all these layers of the onion so you can go much more deeper into things at the festival. The next thing that most people probably would experience are nighttime concerts that are part of the festival. So every night, there's three nightly performances at the American Gardens Theater that's in front of the American Adventure Pavilion in Epcot. And these are going to be concerts by artists who probably had their heyday when you were in middle school, if you're anything close to my age, but they are really fun. So I got to see Starship with Mickey Thomas a few years ago and it was so good. And there are some concerts that are more popular than others. And um, the whole schedule can be found at the Disney food blog. I'll probably 
reference you to that site many times because they are the authority on all things food at Disney World, particularly Food and Wine Festival. So the three nightly concerts are a big draw for the festival. Also, there are low-cost seminars about wine, cheese, all other kinds of alcoholic and non-alcoholic drinks that take place every day of the festival as well. So that's actually just there's even more there are hard ticketed events that are very very pricey but to give you a sense of the scope of the festival it's huge i'm going to focus on what most people experience which are the marketplace booths and trying to give you some tips for saving money at them and just having a good experience at the festival so first of all it gets crowded. What a shock. I mean, it's Disney World, right? So my first tip is try to avoid the crowds at the festival and long lines that form at the booths. So the best way to do this is to not go to the festival on the weekends. Not only will you avoid crowds, you'll avoid a lot of drunkenness that unfortunately happens at the festival as local people descend on the festival, including college kids, and it it can get a little rowdy on the weekends there during food and wine festival. So if you're going as a family, avoid it. Also just avoid it for the crowds because it is doubly as crowded on the weekends as it is during the week. So if you can at all, do not go. We went on a Monday and it was very low crowds. I think it was the second Monday that the festival was open. If you can go on a Monday or during the week, that is highly recommended. Also, it's very hot in in Epcot at this time of year. You know, fall in Florida usually means in the 90s or 80 degrees if you're lucky. And so you will want to make an effort to stay cool at the festival. There isn't as much shade at, at Epcot as you would want. And so my main tip for staying cool is to get a bunch of food from the food booths and carry it into the air conditioning where you can sit down maybe and eat it. So I went with my dad this year and we used this tactic quite a bit. We found some great places to sit in interventions in Future World. And I just ran out to the booths and got a few things as much as I could carry and brought it back. And we kind of camped out there and were able to eat at a lot because there are 10 booths now that are in Future World. And there are other places throughout um World Showcase and Epcot where you can stay in the air conditioning and and like take turns going out and getting food. Any quick service restaurant in the World Showcase will allow you to sit there. You don't have to buy food at that restaurant in order to sit there. So if you can find a table, especially during off-peak mealtimes, and um, get in the air conditioning and camp out and eat your food there, you will have a much more enjoyable time. My next tip is to pick out some can't miss items before you go. It is a huge festival. There are over 30 booths with many items at each booth. And if you don't make some kind of game plan before you go, you're going to have the unfortunate thing happen of you try a bunch of food that may or may not be that good and you fill up on it and then you don't get to try some of the great food. So it does pay to do a little bit of research before you go. I'm going to try and help you with this by giving you some guidance about what you know is the best and can't be missed at the festival. Now, the best way to save money at the festival, it only applies if you're staying on Disney property and you have a dining plan. Now, we got a dining plan for the express purpose of using the snack credits from the dining plan at Food and Wine Festival. You can tell I'm hardcore, right? So we got a quick service dining plan for three nights and there were two of us on the, well, there were three of us on the plan, but my sister did not go to the festival. So we used her snack. We did not use her snack credits. We left them for her. We wanted to, but we didn't use them. 
Um, but we had 12 snack credits to use at the festival. Now, the way the snack credits work is you can use them for any food item or drink at the festival that is non-alcoholic. So some of the food items at the festival are $8 and up. And when you pay for the dining plan, generally you're going to pay somewhere between 3 and $5 for a snack credit. Now, kids' snack credits are worth the same at the festival as adult snack credits. And this is kind of like advanced Disney hacking, but <laughs> if you can save all of your kids' snack credits on your dining plan, you'll get even more value out of them than you will adult credits because you end up paying a little bit less for kids' snack credits, even though they're worth the same thing. They're worth a snack. So the best way to save at the festival is definitely to use snack credits for the more expensive items. And if you have a limited amount, you can pay um, cash for the less expensive things. I was behind this woman in line and every time you scan your magic band to use a credit, the person will tell you, you know, you have so many snack credits left. And she went to use a few and they said, you have 35 snack credits left. And I was like, oh my God, what's going on? So um, either they're staying for a really long time or they're there with a big group, but they were um, rich in snack credits. Another thing you can do to save some money is to use gift cards at Food and Wine Festival. So getting discount gift cards before your trip is one of my go-to ways to save a little bit of money. You can regularly get them at 5% off at Target if you have a red card, and there's lots of other ways to get discounted Disney gift cards. I will try to remember to link to my post about getting discounted Disney gift cards in the show notes. So you can check that out if you don't have a go-to strategy already. But you can pay for anything at Food and Wine Festival with a gift card, and that includes alcohol. Now, we were paying for a lot of our other items with gift cards that we earned through something called Service Your Way. It's available at all Disney resorts, and it is basically declining daily housekeeping during your stay. You can get um, towels and trash, whatever you need by just calling, but they will not come in and make up your bed and clean your room every day. And in exchange for giving up housekeeping, you will get a $10 per night gift card for your stay minus one night. So if you're staying five nights, you'll get a $40 gift card. Now we were in separate rooms, so we each opted out of housekeeping. So we had $60 to spend at Food and Wine Festival. So between our snack credits and those gift cards, we had plenty to spend at Food and Wine and we didn't end up paying for much out of pocket at all. I think I might've spent $6 out of pocket. So that was a really nice thing to take advantage of while we were there. Another tip to stretch your food budget is to share, share, share. So the portions vary in size from pretty small to surprisingly big for what you pay. And it's really great if you can go to Food and Wine Festival with a small group of people where you can each try the dish and therefore not waste any of the food. And that will just stretch your budget and let you try more and more things. And so my last general tip is to just be adventurous and try new things. Like I already mentioned, you often don't get a chance to you know, you often have to commit to an item as an entree at a table service restaurant at Disney World or even quick service. And this is your chance to try something that you probably wouldn't order on the menu, but that you are curious about and you might like. So I have gone outside my comfort zones many times at Food and Wine, and I'm almost always pleasantly surprised. So let's move on to my recommended items at the festival. So I have my handy festival passport in my hands right now, and you can get that free at the Food 
and Wine Festival pretty much everywhere around Epcot. And it's a little kind of pocket-sized book, and it has a list of every item that's at the booths. So I'm going to go through the Festival Passport and kind of give you my thoughts on the booths and highlight some of my favorite items and some of the things that are really good value for the money. And I'm also going to tell you some things to avoid because there are definitely some not that good items. And of course, the the caveat is this is all in my opinion. Like there's definitely things that some people love that I think are gross and vice versa. (laughs) I'm sure that some of the things I like people would turn their nose up at. So this is just, you know, to my tastes and my liking what I found the best. So new this year is the Shimmering Sips Mimosa Bar. That's located in the Festival Center, which is in Future World. Every year, food and wine seems to kind of creep into Future World more and more. Um, It used to just be on World Showcase, and now it's like all over Future world, which is fine by me. I love it. So the the notable thing about the mimosa bar is that it opens at 9am when the park opens. So you know, if you just want to get your mimosa on a little earlier, and most of the other booths open at 11am, now you know where to go. So the mimosas are $6 each. And I tried the tropical mimosa and it was good, but it wasn't great. I wouldn't have it again. I did see people having a blood orange mimosa that looked amazing. So you might want to give that a try. Craft Drafts has also moved into the festival. Center. So as I said, there are 10 booths now in Future World, and I'm going to tell you some of the things we really like there and what we didn't. So first of all, my new favorite thing at Food and Wine is the Light Lab. And I know this has been around, it's either the second or third year for the Light Lab, but I had never been before. It's inside Innoventions West near Club Cool, which is where you can get samples of the sodas from around the world. And um, it's really unassuming. It looks just like a door in the wall, but it's almost like it's a secret club. (laughs) And when you walk inside, there's like music blasting, there's black lights. It is so much fun. I don't want to give it away too much, but just say, do not skip it. Like I foolishly did last year. Go in and at least absorb the atmosphere. Now they have... um, kind of glowing beverages there. And we had a flight of freezes, which were slushies essentially. And there were three different colors and they were glowing. And I could not figure out at first how they were glowing. <laughs> like, what is going on with these? Well, there was actually a glow cube in the bottom of each of them. Now, glow cubes are commonly found in alcoholic drinks at um, Disney bars and lounges, but these were non-alcoholic and you got three glow cubes in the flight and it was $7 or one snack credit, which we used to snack credit for this. And you get to take the glow cubes home with you. Um, I'm going to pass on a secret that a server shared with us at a flying fish one time. It was Bob from Ohio. If you're ever listening, Bob, thank you for this tip. It was great. It was to put the glow cubes in the bath with your kid and turn the lights off. Stay in the room, of course. Don't leave your kids alone in the bath, but it's very entertaining. And um, it kept my daughter busy for quite a long time at first playing with the glow cubes in the baths. Right outside Innoventions West, you'll find a bunch of booths. Um, Flavors from Fire is one that you'll smell before you see from the smoke. They're actively cooking there. We tried this year the charred chimichurri skirt steak from there. It was on a smoked corn cake with pickled vegetable slaw and cilantro aioli. And all the accompaniments were great, but the steak was super tough. So I don't know if we just had a bad day, but I would not 
recommend that. I meant to try the smoked corned beef with warm, crispy potatoes, pickled onions, and blonde ale beer fondue because I'd read it was really good. But in the excitement of the moment, I went for the wrong item. So don't be like me. Go for the right thing. So there's croissant donuts or cronuts at Taste Track, which is near Test Track, and um, they are a fun feature at the festival. So also outside of Interventions West is Earth Eats, which has a few burgers, including um, a veggie burger, or maybe it's even vegan. I think it's vegan. And Active Eats, which has the famous loaded mac and cheese with Nooski's pepper bacon, cheddar cheese, peppers, and green onions. I've had it before, and it's excellent. Um, I've also had the Verlasso salmon from this booth in the years past, and it was also good. Um, This year, I skipped it because I went to Coastal Eats instead and got the lump crab cake, which was great, and the baked shrimp scampi dip, which was not great. (laughs) The scampi dip was really greasy and super salty, so we only actually had a few bites of it. That's all we could handle. Um, I do need to say a sad thing here is that I recorded audio of my dad and I tasting these dishes um, and kind of our commentary there, and I lost it because I did not have a backup plan for recording my audio for the podcast. So lesson learned. I am still kind of a newbie at this, but I will not make that mistake again because it was really great audio and now it is gone and you just happen to listen to me ramble about this food and try and remember what I had. So one thing I don't forget though, is the liquid nitro chocolate almond truffle with warm whiskey caramel at the chocolate studio. Do not miss this item. It's one of my favorites. They make it on the spot with scooping the chocolate truffle, you know, the kind of ganache up and dropping it into liquid nitrogen. It takes 10 seconds. Then they scoop it out, bang it with a hammer to break it open, drizzle the warm whiskey caramel on it, give it to you amazing. I did have to kind of run it back to my dad before it melted because it is supposed to be frozen like ice cream like. It was pretty funny. I've also had the sweet dark chocolate raspberry tort there and it's really good. It's really rich. So just have a lot of people to share it with. At the cheese studio, I had the maple bourbon borsin cheesecake and it was probably my favorite sweet thing at the festival. It I'm just a little speechless. It was so good. The flavors, the texture of the cheesecake, it was light. It was so good. So another thing not to be missed right there side by side. So I meant to try the butternut squash ravioli at the Wine and Dine studio, and I forgot because I was, you know, already getting hot and could barely focus. But something we did try was this creamy spinach and artichoke dip at the almond orchard that looked pretty good, and it was actually really good. We were surprised by it. So this was a great value item. I believe it was $5, and it was a huge portion. Like, you could have shared it as an appetizer portion with three or four people, and everyone would have had plenty. So that is a great value item at the festival that's going to go a long way. Now I'm going to kind of work my way around the World Showcase going clockwise around, starting with the booths that are right there when you first come into World Showcase, if that makes any sense. The refreshment port this year has poutine, various kinds of poutine, and I've heard some people say that the sweet potato poutine was just too sweet and kind of gross. I didn't get to try it. It just didn't sound like something I wanted to go for. But New Zealand and Australia are two booths that are right there as well, and they're just not my favorite booths. Well, this year we tried the seared venison sausage, and it was eh. 
it was okay. I mean, we eat a lot of venison at home, so it's nothing new to me, but it just wasn't very memorable. Um, it wasn't bad, but it just wasn't great. Um, I feel the same way about the grilled sweet and spicy bushberry shrimp that's at Australia. And it's just like, oh, it's okay, but it kind of tastes like sweet and sour. It's not that great or impressive to me when there's so many other really good things to have. One of those things would be the Kalua pork slider that's uh, an annual favorite at the Hawaii booth. It has sweet and sour dole pineapple chutney and spicy mayonnaise and it is excellent. Um, It's not a huge portion but I think it's only five dollars. Something I really loved this year, I'm a big empanada fan and so my standards are high. I tried the Ropa Vieja empanada at Islands of the Caribbean and it was fantastic. I mean this crust was so delicious. It was so buttery. It was excellent. And then the Ropa Vieja is like a slow cooked, it's either beef or pork, and this was beef, and it was really good. So at Greece, um, we tried the Taste of Greece, which is a little sampler platter, and I would not recommend that. The, the serving sizes were tiny, and the food was nothing notable. I mean, it does taste like Greek food. I've been to Greece and had the food, and it, it is authentic, but it's, it wasn't the best. Now, the Spanakopita is another story. So I love Spanakopita. That's like a Greek spinach and cheese pie and like a phyllo dough. Um, it's vegetarian, it's excellent, and it's a pretty generous portion. I think it's $4.50 and you get two good sized pieces of spanakopita. So that is one of my favorite. We also tried the wine flight at the Greece booth this year and it just wasn't to my liking. There were two whites and a red and one of the whites was quite sweet and it just, they didn't really do it for me. So we skipped over the Thailand booth this year though I really would have liked to try some things there. But again, there's just so much food. You have to make some tough choices at the festival, but we never skip over the Mexico booth. It's one of my favorites and they do not disappoint every year. Something is good. And sometimes everything is good. This year we had the short rib tostada. It was um, beef, short rib, black bean, salsa verde, and spring onion. It was excellent, really delicious meat. And all of the toppings were great too. My favorite at the China booth is the black pepper shrimp with garlic noodles. It's a pretty generous portion. And last year, I think it was $5 and they really upped the price this year to $6.75. They're probably losing money on it because it was a big serving for $5. So I love the flavors. It is a little spicy, but there's a lot of shrimp on it usually and plenty to share between a few people. And my friend Kristen from Resales DVC met us, met up with us there. And she tried that. I don't know how to say it. Zant yen pancake with beef and while the beef was delicious the pancake had a weird situation Uh, it was really I think it's meant to be this way but really like stretchy and hard to bite and tear and so we just weren't a big fan but the beef was excellent so I'm going to skip over a bunch of booths right now where I have had good things from before but that we in the name of time just did not get to so we're, we're skipping over India Africa, Germany, and Spain. And my favorites, some quick highlights from those, the dips at India, the warm Indian bread with variety of dips is a great thing to try where you get to try a bunch of things in one. And they're similar to the dips at Sanaa, if you've ever been there at Animal Kingdom Lodge. Um, Also the 
Oh, roast bratwurst at Germany is always a hit, though I would avoid the pasta gratin with ham, onions, and cheese, which has not the quality isn't very good sometimes there with that. And then in Spain, the paella, if you never had a paella, then that's a great opportunity to try it for a few dollars because it can be quite expensive in restaurants. So we headed to Italy because Italy is usually the most expensive booth for whatever reason the items are priced high there. And I had snack credits to burn, so we went there. We tried two things, the Frito Misto and the Mezzi Rigatoni. And so the Frito Misto is basically fried uh, items. It's usually an appetizer on high-end Italian restaurants menu. So it's crispy shrimp, zucchini, and sweet potatoes with the spicy sauce kind of drizzled over. And while it was good, it was not worth the, I believe it's 7 or $8 that they're charging for it. It wasn't that big of a portion. And it was really just like fried zucchini and fried shrimp and fried sweet potatoes, like sweet potato fries, essentially. So I would avoid that one. Um, but... The Mezzi Rigatoni was a surprise hit. It was vodka sauce, crispy pancetta, and Parmesan cheese over some rigatoni. And wow, the flavors were really good. The portion was not huge, but I would say if you have a snack credit, definitely get it. But I think it's $7 out of pocket. I would not get it out of pocket. But the, the Or do as a splurge, but it was very, very good flavor. Next up is the America booth, and everything is usually good there. Um, this year, there's a lobster roll, as in every year, and that is a great use of a snack credit. I believe it's $8, but you can get it with a snack credit. The meat dish, whatever else is there, is always good. It's brisket. It's usually brisket. And then the carrot cake is on many best of the fest lists because it is delicious. Okay, hang with me. There's seven booths left. And these are all booths that are always at the festival every year. And what's interesting is the dishes will change up every year, but usually there's a common theme to them. Like there's always a beef dish at France and it's usually a beef bourguignon, but this year it is not. It was a um, beer braised beef with bacon, onion, and mashed potatoes. So there's usually a theme and they mix it up a little bit. So in Japan, I really wanted to try the teriyaki chicken bun, but we just ran out of time. And the sushi is always good in Japan. I also wanted to try the hummus fries in Morocco, but as you can tell, we did not get all the way around to these booths this time, but that I've heard is very, very good. In Belgium, I have mixed feelings. So I really like the Belgian waffle with warm chocolate ganache and whipped cream, but I've tried the beer braised beef and it's like beef stew on top of a waffle. And so you know what happens. The waffle gets super soggy and ugh. So uh, not recommended. Um, in Brazil, I also have mixed feelings. So people rave about the crispy pork belly with black beans, tomato, and onion. When I've had it, it was mostly fat and it wasn't good. So it, I guess you just your mileage may vary with that one. Also mixed feelings about the Brazilian cheese bread. The first time I had it, I was like, oh, this is pretty good. And then the next time I was like, this is just chewy, chewy cheese bread. Ugh. <laughs> I didn't really like it. So again, it might, maybe I had a bad batch or maybe I just, my feelings changed about it. I splurged and got a fancy drink in France this year, and it was the Saint Germain Sparkling Kir, which is a sparkling wine with elderflower liqueur, and it was $8.50, and wow, it was worth every penny. It was delicious. They always have a really high-end, nice red wine in the France booth as well, and this year it was a Cabernet from Bordeaux, and it, my dad had it, and it was great. So it's a great way to try um, a high-end red wine without having to pay for even a glass or a bottle, but get to have the experience of it. I think it's $6, but I think, you know, a bottle in a restaurant would be over $50. So a great way to try it. 
Ireland Booth is always good. It's one of my favorites. Um, They have a warm Irish cheddar cheese and stout dip with Irish brown bread that is just off the charts. And the dish, the dessert there is always the same. A warm chocolate pudding with Irish cream liqueur custard, like a Bailey's custard. (laughs) is so good. One of my favorites. We were too full to have it this year, but last booth and one of a perennial favorite at the festival is the Canada booth. So they have two items that are found on the La Cellier menu, which is the table service restaurant there in the Canada pavilion. It's, it's very popular. And it's the Canadian cheddar cheese and bacon soup served with a pretzel roll and the La Cellier wild mushroom beef filet mignon with the truffle butter sauce. And they're both excellent items. Now the cheddar cheese soup is one of my favorites, but this year it was like very, very thick. It had lost some of its water. And it was gross to me. And it's the first year I've ever had a bad time with the cheddar cheese soup. But hopefully you'll get it on a good day when it's excellent. And I have a recipe for that that I make at home. And it's almost an exact replica. So I'm going to get that up on the blog because I know some of you would probably love to make it at home. And the filet this year was excellent. I've also had kind of not that good filet from like, I would not want to pay this much for this filet in a restaurant. But this year was incredible. So I believe that wraps up most of what I wanted to say. I know this episode went long, so thank you for hanging with me for it. If you like the show, I'd love it if you take a second to rate or review it in iTunes because it just helps people find the show more. And even better, you could recommend it to a friend. That's the way most people still learn about podcasts. So you can always find me at thebudgetmouse.com, thefrugalsouth.com. I'm on Instagram as thebudgetmouse. Or the best thing is to join our free private Facebook group. Just search for The Budget Mouse on Facebook, ask to join, and I will add you. So thanks again for listening and have a magical day.